0: Welcome everybody to your daily dose of video game news at Pixels and Pines for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Very tech focused today. So let's jump right in. First up, ASUS detailed the ROG Ally. So as you know, as we've reported on before, ASUS is set to release a handheld gaming device called the ROG Ally that's drawing comparisons to the Steam Deck. And we've got some hand on details from some outlets, including the Verge. And it does look that like the uh, Ally is meant to be more of a native Windows handheld compared to the Steam Deck, which is kind of more handheld-like, similar to the Nintendo Switch. The Ally is not yet available for purchase, but it is scheduled to launch on May 11th. However, ASUS still hasn't told us some things like the price or the battery life or any kind of potential glitches that we might run into when the handheld is released, but it is gonna provide a more PC-like experience on the go. As I said before, it runs Windows natively, making it more of like a miniature PC rather than a handheld console. It does seem that the Ally is lighter than the Steam Deck, but it has some great build qualities. It has an aluminum chassis, which seems to be scratch-resistant, The controller scheme on the Ally is set up in a Xbox configuration. The joysticks, however, still use potentiometers, which is not quite as nice as the Hall Effect sensors. And unfortunately, this means that there is potential for stick drift. And since the controls are built into the device, once it starts drifting, you're kind of stuck unless you attach a external controller to it, which kind of defeats the purpose. However, the joysticks are also being used to control Windows itself, which I don't know how that experience is going to be. It sounds like it would be awful to be to be honest. Apparently, Asus uses their Armoury Crate SE app to control system performance, cooling profiles, RGB lighting, key mapping and more. Not going to lie, I absolutely hate Armoury Crate on the desktop. And so hopefully they've actually created this piece of software for the Ally well because it is sluggish and unresponsive and I absolutely hate it on PC. So they must absolutely make sure that this implementation is spot on. Uh, As I said some of these outlets have had a hands-on test with the ROG Ally. The screen as we reported earlier is as we said it's a 1080p display with a variable refresh rate between 30 hertz and 120 hertz. 500 nits of brightness, it's probably gonna be one of the brighter handhelds. In fact, probably brighter than some of the gaming laptops we have out there. The Ally will have some dual front-facing speakers as well as a quieter cooling solution compared to the Steam Deck, thanks to their, what they're calling the Zero Gravity Thermal System that uses a dual fan system with a ultra-thin heat sink fin and high-friction heat pipes. It should be much more quiet compared to the Steam Deck, which I've heard from people that I know that own it, kind of sounds like a a jet plane, especially when you're trying to play it in your bed at night. One of the more unique aspects of the ROG Ally is that it's gonna be able to connect to ASUS's XG Mobile docking stations, which allows it to be paired with a high-end RTX 4090 laptop GPU, This docking station is going to allow you to have a HDMI 2.1 port, DisplayPort 1.4, Ethernet, has a DC input jack, three USB 3.2 Gen 2 Type-A's, and a UHS-II SD card reader along with a USB 3 Gen 2 Type-C port. As far as specs is concerned, Uh, It does seem like it is confirmed compared to our previous reporting that the ROG Ally is going to come with 16 gigabytes of RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage. Potentially no telling if that's going to be on the higher end or the entry level. It does have a battery that is replaceable, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a third-party component. You're probably going to have to go to ASUS in order to get that swapped out. As I said, the one big thing is that we still don't know much about the... ROG Ally's battery life. So just some quick thoughts based on some of the hands-on experiences that I've been reading. Obviously, performance is undoubtedly going to be good for a handheld, but we kind of really need to see what the battery life is going to be on this thing. You know, the idea of an external GPU is really exciting. You know, you're going to be able to have a legit high-end desktop-like experience while docked. That does sound really compelling. Here's the issue though. The price point is gonna be painful. ASUS is gonna be charging $2,000 for their latest XG mobile docking station with that external 4090 laptop GPU. It's gonna be prohibitively expensive. And we still don't know what the price point for the handheld is. This could be potentially a $3,000, maybe $3,500 price point. We have heard rumors that there's going to be a couple of different models Uh, And we'll probably talk about that when we get to our next story, but I'll wait till we get there. And you know, the point is, there is a reason why the Switch is as popular as it is. Let's kind of ignore the Nintendo aspect of it. There is a reason why the Steam Steam Deck is popular. I always wanted to have a high-end gaming laptop when I was younger, but these days, you know, I wanna have disparate experiences with my devices. I have a mobile phone that provides mobile gaming experiences. Tethering a controller to it doesn't make sense to me. I have a Switch for on-the-go gaming. Maybe it's not as powerful as the ROG Ally or Steam Deck, but the games are designed with the hardware in mind, and the Nintendo library is too good to pass up, to be honest. If I want a casual gaming experience with a bit more power, I have consoles. I can sit on my couch with high-quality controllers and play there. If I wanted pure power, I have a desktop and it allows me to have final controls with a keyboard and mouse. The Ally should be strictly a handheld experience first. Being able to transform it based on Asus's product line, you know, with combining it with the XG mobile docking station, that's great. But if the whole point is to combine those experiences and not have a compelling handheld on-the-go you know great battery life, great screen and all of that if we can't have it without combining it with a uh, Asus's products like the mobile docking station then it's it's not going to it's not going to last. There's it's going to be a very niche product with people who have a lot of money who want just the best gaming experience on the go. If they don't sell enough of these things then obviously Asus is probably not going to make a follow up to this. So hopefully they come out the gate swinging. And to kind of partner up with this uh, ROG Ally announcement, AMD also made some announcements on some Z1 and Z1 Extreme APUs. So AMD has announced two new processors, the Horizon Z1 and Ryzen Z1 Extreme, targeting the handheld gaming PC market. The processors are built on a 4 nanometer node and feature AMD's Zen 4 CPU cores and RDNA 3 graphics cores and are specifically designed to compete with Valve Steam Deck. The Ryzen Z1 has six CPU cores, 12 threads, four GB cores, and 22 megabytes of cache, while the Ryzen Z1 Extreme has eight CPU cores, 16 threads, 12 GPU cores, and 24 megabytes of cache. The latter promises up to 8.6 teraflops of raw graphics performance, much closer to the PS5's 10.28 teraflops than the Steam Deck's 1.6. AMD claims that the Z1 Extreme processor can cross 60 FPS for games as demanding as Red Dead Redemption 2 and more than double that of Forza Horizon 4. Both upscaled to 1080p with AMD's Radeon Super Resolution when playing at 720p with low settings on a 7-inch handheld. Obviously, they're referring to the ROG Ally. The benchmarks for these processors were run on an advanced engineering sample of the Asus ROG Ally handheld gaming PC PC, and they were all run in the Allies Turbo mode, which allows the processor to draw up to 30 watts depending on the game. However, the Steam Deck's processor runs at just half that and can usually last up to two hours in most games with its 40 watt hour battery. The Z1 and Z1 Extreme processors are temporarily exclusive to ASUS, but AMD has hinted that we may see other partners in the future with these or future Z chips. ASUS will announce ROG Alley pricing, and more information about the availability on May 11th. Lots of interesting tech in the mobile space with the success of the Steam Deck and hopefully the uh, ASUS ROG Ally. We haven't really heard from NVIDIA about what kind of tech they're gonna be going uh, to produce for Nintendo Switch's successor, although we're probably gonna hear about it in the next 12 months or so. I mean, for me personally, NVIDIA has the more compelling tech stack because of its maturity, better ray tracing support, Uh, better upscaling when it comes to DLSS 2 and frame frame generation with DLSS 3. Obviously, my hope is that once this technology goes into the Nintendo Switch successor, that Nintendo is going to be able to take more advantage of it. And hopefully other developers are going to include that in games that release outside of the Nintendo Switch console. As far as these Z1 chips, the kind of thing that kind of worries me is it seems that these numbers and all of these uh, experiences that these hands on uh, folks are experiencing is this turbo mode. You know, since they don't want to talk about battery life, they don't want to talk about price point. These CPUs, these APUs, I should say, are being run in the best light possible. They are given the best chance to show off their raw performance, but 30 watts. That's a lot. We already know that the Steam Deck runs half that. And, you know, you're getting about two hours of gaming on that battery. If this handheld is of a similar size, maybe even a little smaller compared to some of these hands-ons that we've heard, that means that the battery on this ROG Ally is probably gonna be of a similar wattage. Which means that if we're increasing the power draw, by double, does this mean that this is going to be a one-hour handheld experience if you want to experience the best? What happens when you have to kind of lower it in order to, you know, experience a more Steam Deck-like battery life? At that point, what's the real difference between these two handhelds? Unfortunately, we still have to wait. Uh couple of weeks. So maybe two weeks, a little bit less than two weeks in order to see what this is going to be like. But hopefully ASUS has a whole bunch of success with this. I'm looking forward to it. As I said, I love all of this new tech that's coming out in the mobile space. We're going to have a lot of power in our hands, especially for on-the-go gaming. And any kind of uh, new tech that we can, you know, bring along with us, similar to the Nintendo Switch, I'm all for it. I'm primarily a PC gamer first, so the idea of having a really great premium handheld device that I can take with me on a plane, especially if I'm gonna be on a business trip where I'm gonna be staying in another state for multiple days and it doesn't make sense to bring you know a console with you. Maybe I'm experiencing games that aren't playable on the Nintendo Switch, so having some hardware like this would be amazing so we'll see what happens and then finally we have microsoft's q3 earnings microsoft has announced its financial results for the third quarter of its 2023 fiscal year the company posted a revenue of 52.9 billion with a net income of 18.3 billion representing a year-over-year increase of seven and nine percent respectively however revenue for windows xbox and devices also declined this quarter while the cloud office and server businesses kind of compensated for the weaknesses elsewhere. Microsoft's window OEM revenue, which refers to the price charged to PC manufacturers to install Windows, fell by 28% in Q3. Meanwhile, the PC market, as reported by IDC and Canalysis, faced a similar situation with a 30% year-over-year drop in shipments of PCs and laptops. Consequently, Microsoft's device's revenue, which includes HoloLens and PC's accessories, suffered a decline of 30% in Q3. The decline in revenue for the Xbox hardware and devices sectors stood at 30%, while gaming revenue decreased by 4%. Microsoft attributed most of the Xbox hardware revenue decline to an increase in console supply during the same period last year, indicating ongoing struggles with hardware supply. Despite this, Microsoft has continued to push Xbox Game Pass, with the PC version launching in 40 new markets. However, the company has not provided an update on subscriber numbers since announcing 25 million subscribers in January of 2022. The $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, which could help expand Game Pass to mobile devices, is awaiting final decision from regulators in the UK, and that decision should be dropping tomorrow. The weaknesses in Xbox devices and Windows OEM revenue resulted in a 9% year-over-year decline, bringing more personal computing unit revenues to $13.3 billion, However, revenues for cloud office and server products increased with server products and cloud services revenue growing 70% and Azure revenue up 27%. Microsoft 365 consumer subscriptions grew 12% in Q3 reaching 65.4 million subscribers. The company launched a new $2 a month Microsoft 365 basic subscription earlier this year which has helped maintain high subscriber numbers. Office commercial products and cloud services revenue grew by 13%, with Office 365 commercial revenue up 14%. LinkedIn also saw record engagement with a 15% increase in sessions and an 8% increase in revenue. I mean, that's a, that was a whole bunch of numbers. But essentially, as far as Xbox is concerned, you know, there's, there's not much that's very surprising. We've known that Xbox really hasn't been selling a lot of Xboxes as of late, which is kind of unfortunate because we have two major titles from Microsoft coming in the next few months. You know, is this a conspiracy theory? Are they attempting to steer gamers towards alternative Game Pass service models rather than gaming on Xbox hardware? I mean, that sounds kind of dumb to say it out loud, but it's hard to imagine a behemoth like Microsoft can't get hardware to consumers while Sony can cite three-figure jumps in hardware sales. That is wild to me. CEO Satya Nadella will be holding an earnings call later today, so if he makes any comments or adds context to any of this information, I'll make sure to report on it tomorrow, along with whatever the CMA in the UK decides as far as the Activision Blizzard merger, which, obviously, it's probably going to be given the green light. That's probably going to be the leading story for tomorrow. But either way, that's going to wrap it up for Gaming News for Tuesday, April 25th. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars, and don't forget to drop a review for it. If you like content of the visual variety, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Pixels and Pints. See you tomorrow for more video game news.